All right, we're back with Buffalo Bread Podcast. This is the post-week one, pre-week two pod to get you ready for Sunday versus the Las Vegas Raiders. I think everyone at this point uh, has basically gone through all the stages of grief that were involved of the Bills versus Jets abysmal performance by Josh Allen. Um, we can talk a bit about that game, and uh, and we're ready. We're rejuvenated in less than 24 hours. Um, you know, the Buffalo Bills are going to be facing down the Raiders at home. It's a home opener. I think it's a it's a winnable game, and we'll get into all of it here. Dan, how are you doing? Heavy sigh, JJ. Heavy sigh. <laughs> um, I want to remind you of something that you had said on the last pod. Uh, at the very tail end of our preview show for the Jets game, you said, Bill's Mafia, if the offensive line doesn't perform any better than they did last season, take heart in knowing this will be the best defensive front they face probably all season. Well, they didn't play great. Um, Allen was sacked five times throughout the game, hurried on a number of other passes, I know we're going to talk about Josh. Everyone has talked about Josh. But I think if I had to give you my Twitter-length summary of what that game was, it was a copy and paste from Week 9 with a couple of different caveats when we played the Jets last season. And it felt similarly demoralizing as it did with the Cincinnati Bengals game to see that kind of physical dominance occur again in the trenches. A lot of, lot of trends, a lot of patterns that we were used to seeing with the Bills last year when the offense was really struggling emerged again. Now, there are one or two ways you can take it. You can be like, listen, the Jets are just a great defense, literally built man for man, pound for pound to counter everything the Bills can do, and they just have this team's number. Or you can say that maybe some of these sustained problems over the last 19 and 20 games that we've seen from this Bills squad maybe these things are settling in to be some of our reality as opposed to just one-offs against these really physically dominant teams. JJ, where do you want to start with this? You want to start with Josh? Do you want to start with the line? Do you want to talk yeah, about I mean, feelings? Where do you want to go? So, so let's, let's, um, you know, I, I think it's a good, it's a good news, bad news situation when, when I think about it. So let's start with the uh, bad news first, and that would be the offense and that would be Josh Allen. And I think that I would like to start by saying I have zero criticism for Ken Dorsey. I have very little criticism for the offensive line, um, which you're making a face. People can't see this, but you're making a face. Interesting. I, and, Even and Spencer I'll you, I'll, Brown. I'll be no, no. I have ex extreme criticism for Spencer Brown. The line as an aggregate, I thought okay against probably the best defensive line in the league, if not top three, right? The line as an aggregate, I think, did okay. I think that the majority of their problems was Josh Allen. Uh, the play calls were there. The open receivers were there. The checkdowns were there. The opportunities were there. Profits. You never go broke when you take profits, right? Like, And he just was, he was refusing to do it. He was playing sugar high Josh from from basically the first snap. Um, my, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll bring my wife's, opinion of this season in, which I hope is not an, a prophetic opinion. She said, uh, Josh Allen has so much crap going on off the field because she of course like sees all the, like, you know, the, the takes and the, the celebrity gossip stuff. She's like, he's got so much going on off the field. He's either going to light the league on fire and be a surefire, like whatever it is. Cause she doesn't know like the all pro MVP stuff. She's like, he's either going to do that or he's going to implode like a dying star. And so that. At, when the game kicked off and she said, this is why you're now making another face. Um, this is why I said, I hope it's not prophetic. When the game kicked off, he had that kind of crazy look in his eyes right after the, the national anthem. Um, we saw him and it was the same look he had in overtime at Houston in the playoff game early in his career. It's the same look he had in the first Chiefs playoff loss, not the you know 13 second game, but the other Chiefs playoff loss where he just like, the moment looked too big for him and it feels like, you know, when it, when it gets that way, he grips and he gets the yips to use the baseball term you like so much. And then he starts just, just fire off interceptions, fumbling snaps, trying to jump over three defenders when he still has 10 yards to go. Like that I think is, it looked it, to me, he looked in this Jets game 
like he looked in the late in the game and overtime against the Houston Texans in the playoffs, his first playoff run. Yeah, that is a that is a decent comp, and you're absolutely right. We'll talk a little bit more like data, stats, all that kind of stuff, but I feel the same way when I'm sitting on my couch watching at home and I see the CBS or the Fox or the ESPN cameras zoom in on Josh before he's about to take the snap. You can tell when Josh is in control versus when Josh is not in control. When he's not in control, he's kind of breathing out of his mouth. He's got like this wide-eyed look, right? His eyes are darting everywhere. He's not focused. He's seeing everything at the same time, which means he's seeing nothing. You know what I mean? He can't see the forest because all the trees are in the way type of situation. And the Jets are not a defense, I think, that disguises coverage. They don't need to. They just pound for pound, man for man, have some really great talent. So they're usually showing you what you can do. And Josh pre-snap wasn't the problem. It was Josh post-snap and what he was diagnosing after he had the ball in his hands. Uh, yeah, I agree with you on the Dorsey criticism. I think a lot of Bills Mafia has gone to the Dorsey criticism because the offense didn't play well for basically a second straight game against, I struggle to use this term, but an elite opponent in the AFC with the, with the, uh, with the Jets. Um, they've seen it out back-to-back games where that offense has really struggled and they want to go to Dorsey because we all want to be right that Dorsey wasn't the guy to follow up Dayball, even though Dayball lost a game 40 to nothing and almost got Daniel Jones killed in the fourth quarter, right? Grass isn't always greener. Anyway, um, the Jets basically took the same game plan they had from week nine, the last time that Josh played in the Meadowlands, and they flipped it. So rather than playing um, a bunch of kind of man coverage and mixing in the blitz in the first half, they stuck to the zone scheme that really confused Josh in the second half of the Week 9 game last year. And Josh, with the exception of the interception and the fumble, did pretty well in the first half. He completed 81% of his passes at just over 130 yards, had that touchdown strike to Diggs. And even though he looked a little frenetic at times, he was playing within the system. The Jets only blitzed on about 11% of their rushes in that first half, and they played a very, very heavy zone. They came out in the second half, and they tripled their blitz rate to almost 36%. Josh went 8 for 24. And we've said this before, you and I. Like, Josh is eventually going to assimilate and figure out what you're doing. So it's not about finding the one defense to control Josh. It's about mixing and assimilating defenses in that will keep him guessing. And the Jets did a really good job keeping him guessing, not with any kind of like fancy disguise coverage, but the way they were mixing pressure on him. And they really tested the right side of that offensive line heavily throughout the course of the night. And it didn't look like Josh trusted the protection out of all the plays. Um, yeah, it was it was Cincinnati Bengals vibes. I felt like I was watching that game and the week nine game from, from last season, all kind of bundled up into one hellish nightmare for most of the time. Listen, long story short, Josh needs to mature and get better against some of these two high defenses. Mahomes has done it. We're now seeing teams deployed against the Philadelphia Eagles, and even though they're 2-0, people are questioning the quote-unquote sluggish start to Jalen Hurts' season. This is what these defenses do. They're going to take away the big play. So are you mature enough, and do you have the patience to dink and dunk your way down the field and trust some of your playmakers with the ball in their hand to get yards after the catch. Now, there were a couple of areas where this offense improved. The use of 12 personnel skyrocketed from last year. I mean, I think just over 40% of their snaps were in 12 personnel. We saw Kincaid get mixed in a little bit. Not quite rookie of the year stuff, but he got mixed in a little bit. And then about 38% of Josh's yards were actually yards after the catch. Um, that were done by his receivers. So these are good marginal improvements, right? While even the vibes and the feeling and the energy felt like Cincinnati from last year and the butt kicking we got and the mistakes that Josh was making, there were signs of improvement for this offense that they're just going to have to build on against Las Vegas this week and against Washington in week three. Yeah, I think that, you know... I you're absolutely right. What they what they did and what other teams have proven to do is that if you make if you get enough pressure on Josh Allen that he loses trust in his offensive line, he will ruin the, the game. 
Um, so, you know, he will give, he will hand the game over to you. I think that the reality we have is that, um, you know, the Buffalo Bills are such a good team that all of their, their three losses last year in the regular season were games where they gave the game away to the other team. They would have had a 16 and O season if they hadn't made critical errors at very particular times again. And like, you can say, well, that's the whole NFL. That's all sports, right? Like they don't, if they don't make mistakes, they, they win games, of course, but it's really, they are such a juggernaut of a team and they're such a talented roster that they really have to help play, help teams beat them. The Jets ended up beating them by six points in overtime with four extra possessions. And like, I know that, you know, Zach Wilson is no, is no Aaron Rodgers. And also just like in general, um, for Jets fans, if anyone's listening, I'm sorry. Like, this is crummy. That's just complete crap luck. Like your team invested this amazing amount of resources into a hall of fame caliber quarterback who is injured four snaps into his career with your team. And like, probably, I mean, everyone's like, oh, he's coming back. He'll come back. I don't think he's coming back. I, I'd be willing to put a $10 wager on the fact that Aaron Rodgers will not take another snap in the NFL. I think he is done um, because I don't think his body can take it anymore. Neither here nor there. Um, really, what, what I'm saying is that the Bills are a good enough team that he, they have to give the game away, and they will give games away to good opponents if those opponents do what looks to be a new blueprint for handling Josh Allen. Since he did it, the Chiefs have done it in the playoffs for a number of years. Um, you know, the, the Dolphins kind of have it a little bit now. They did not have it prior, but they, they've given him the same problem, which is basically get enough pressure looks, find a way to maneuver around whatever protection schemes the Bills are using to get in Josh Allen's face so that he stops trusting his protection. As soon as that happens, you have the game because he's going to start playing hero ball. He's going to do some bonehead things he's going to try to get the 20 point touchdown pass with one ball um and that's what we saw i mean the second and third interception he threw in the game were just pitiful they were awful um the first one also terrible i mean he could have easily run for the first down he threw that ball basically directly to the defender way over steph diggs and so you know but so all of them were but um and then uh, the fumble the fumble was like the fumble and, you know, against Minnesota last year on the goal line, like he just, the moment was too big for him and he made an error. So that being said, I feel like it, he's been pretty pitiful against the Jets his entire career. He's never lit them up. Um, they have a good defense and that's what, you know, they use to, to stifle him and most of it's up front. It's, it's really getting pressure. And so when I said, I don't have a lot of criticism for the line, it's because I think that this Jets defensive line will ruin a lot of people's plans and, a lot, and stifle a lot of offenses. It'll be pretty unlikely, I think, for teams to get over 20 points against them. Um, but, you know, I, yeah, Spencer Brown was absolutely crap, um, which we know. Like, he had a couple of nice run, run snaps and sweeps and stuff like that where he was out moving and kind of rolling people over. But for the most part, he is not a starting caliber NFL player, especially on a team that passes as much as the Bills do. He is a backup at best. Um, or would probably be a solid every down starter on a team that runs the ball more than 50% of the time or up closer to 50% of the time. So that's what I have to say about the offense. I think that on the, you know, when it comes to the wide receivers, um, if Dalton Kincaid, uh, has, you know, those four receptions and 36 yards or whatever that he had in that game, um, over the course of the entire season. He will have 68 receptions and, um, what was it? 36. Doing math here. Doing, doing math on the pod. Doing math good on, radio. on the fly. I know it's always silent awkwardness. Yeah. He'll have 612 yards and, um, 68, you know, receptions, which basically makes him the, the most prolific tight end rookie in Bill's history by double. So, and we don't, we don't think that'll be the case. Yeah. We don't think that's going to be the case now. So, I mean, yeah, in summary, a lot of patterns of dysfunction that we saw last year, Josh's poor decision-making, forcing the ball down the field when he doesn't need to, um, poor offensive line play, particularly from the right side, 
Yep. But then also a mixed bag of some improvements. They went, they completely went away from Cook in the second half, which I think is more let me led led me to believe they were falling Dorsey was falling to if there's any criticism he bears into some of the habits that he got into yeah. last year because they were not behind in that game no. at any point until the fourth quarter um they should not have been flinging it around at that rate but the offensive line was not getting a great push cook wasn't getting freed up on a lot of space and josh was not utilizing him in the in the check down and in the pass game to free some things up but we did see Dorsey with a pretty good game plan coming in to get Cook involved early on. I think that represents progress. Um, Josh utilized the middle of the field way more than he did for the latter half of last season in this game, which again, I thought was progress. Still forced it to the boundaries a little bit more than any of us would have liked to have seen, but progress there. So it was not all a bad day, and there are building blocks here that the team can um, used to move forward in the subsequent weeks. It's a listen, week one is always an ugly week, especially with 17 games. It, week one is kind of like a preseason game. And I know everyone made a big deal about the Bills starters playing a lot, but they hadn't seen full game speed in a full game as since they played against Cincinnati. So some of this also could have been chalked up to Russ. But I think the underlying issue, Joss's decision making desperately yep. needs to change. So JJ, my question for you is is it going to change as we welcome the Las Vegas Raiders to Highmark Stadium at a beautiful 1 p.m. Sunday afternoon game in Orchard Park, New York? Is Josh going to have a better game against this Josh McDaniels-led unit? Well, I think, you know, I, I do believe he will. And, like, I'm not, you know, I think we should talk a little bit about the defense versus the Jets before we jump into predictions. But I will say... Purely if we're talking about offense and Josh Allen and what I think going forward for the season, I think he's going to improve markedly in this game because he's, I think maybe once, one time in his entire career, has he ever strung two games consecutively where he had multiple turnovers? Um, he tends to auto overcorrect sometimes and be a little bit more um, conservative with the football after he makes one of these bonehead games. And so it's good he doesn't stack mistakes like that. Um, he, you know, he goes, he goes a little bit back towards Dr. Joshua and not towards like Mr. Peterman, um, in those games, in those games after he makes a really bad start. So I, I think that he'll, he'll come back around. I'm looking forward to that, that game tomorrow. Um, but yeah, I think I agree with your silver, silver linings. I think that using more tight ends, getting cook going and using him in the short passing game as well. He only hit 16 targets and touches, which was, um, less than you had 19 and a half was what you were you were hoping you would get and i Correct. thought i thought too that it was a, an error of dorsey to not go a little bit harder with the run in the second they were not behind in that game for most of it they could have leaned into the run even without as much of a push um, because he's pretty elusive so yeah i think there's there's some good stuff there but um i was really impressed with the defense for the bills how about you Eh, yeah. No. I mean, listen, this is a unit that's going to get gashed by the run all year. And and we saw we saw this last year, right? Mm -hmm. Where I get it, run defense, DVOA, all that stuff. Like, they finished in the top four, according to advanced metrics. I get it. Everyone looks at the box score and they say this was a good run defense. This is not a good run defense. They played against bad running teams last year. And when they played against good running teams, they got absolutely lit up. And it's not just the Derrick Henry breaking an 80-yard touchdown run from his own 20. Raheem Mostert shredded this team in the regular season and for Trump. And the playoffs. And the playoffs, yeah. right? That's not a good offensive line unit in Miami, but that team was able to run on this Bills front. Cincinnati was able to run on this Bills front and then use their quick passing game to really open things up across the middle of the field. This, I know statistically, is a good run defense, but they're a good run defense against bad rushing teams. The Jets are a good rushing team. That offensive line is bad and pass pro in New York, but it's a really good run blocking unit, and we saw that. And there's a super talented back there that we're going to have to deal with for the next few years in Brees Hall. We've got a similar challenge coming into Orchard Park. Josh Jacobs coming off a really wonky week one performance against Denver, admittedly said he was still kicking off rust from his holdout over the preseason let's hope he doesn't get that motor going yeah. against the bills because this is a unit that's going to struggle to stop the run 
and the Raiders are going to want to come in and run the ball. Well, they don't have anybody behind the defensive line that's over 220 pounds anywhere. Yeah. They were in the back ranks. So I, I, I agree. I think that when I say I thought the defense well, did well, I think that the defense is predicated on covering the pass. Like that is what they do. Pass rush, stopping, you know, people trying to pass on them. And that's, they're going to give up um, some big runs. I think that the, uh, the huge Brees Hall run that was saved by Chris, Christian Benford, which I thought was a really gutsy play um, and surprising because he's actually a burner, but he somehow caught Brees Hall. I think Brees Hall ran, really, but. Um, oh, he did. He, he, yeah. he, you could tell, like even yeah. they were saying on the Manning cast, oh, he doesn't, yeah. not in shape. He doesn't have his legs back yet. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he would he would never have been caught by Christian Benford if he was in full game, you know game shape or season shape. So, I yeah they're going to get burned. I think other than that one huge run though, the backs for Jet, the Jets. Your in your opinion, a good running team averaged two point five yards per carry. So I think that that's I'll take that. I'll take uh you know they blow up for one or two long runs a game, and then hold the rest of the the snaps to two point five yards. That you can win a lot of games that way. Yeah, but most of that was against Zach Wilson, who's not a threat to throw. So Buffalo is also playing a few more heavy boxes than they normally play, too, just to try to trap the run out. I mean, they play them if they play. Listen, I'm you're going to love this. I'm thinking when they play New England, right? Yeah, that is a team that had a really good offensive performance against a a good defense, a, a rebuilding defense, but a good defense in Philadelphia. I think about a team that's got a that's got some actual threats other than one wide out on the outside and that you can't really load up the box against. And what is, I guess, also a superior run unit. I Like, no, I don't disagree with you. The numbers are what they are, but this is not a good, this is not a good run defense, no. period, period. And unless they're going to play Zach Wilson every week and have the, have the luxury of loading up in the box a little bit, a little bit more than they usually do, they're going to struggle against some of these more well-balanced units. They just are. I, no, and I I don't disagree with that at all. I'm I'm worried about that for the offense, and I think that especially, um, you know the the Bills build is like a glass cannon build. If you're you know a video game RPG person, like it's really about making sure that their defense does splash plays. I think especially under McDermott, that's going to be more important. Is that splash plays, turnovers, sacks, and then making sure your offense scores more than 25 points a game. Like I think that's what they're built around because they are going they're there's many offenses in the league that will give this defense problems um, by running the football and by the short, quick passing, because that's another part that I think showed up a little bit when, um, you know, when Zach Wilson was able to like actually get the ball out on time to the right place. This, the same as we've always seen, right? Even when it was Leslie Frazier is that the bills are in the area, but they give up the reception. They give up six or seven yards and then they get the tackle, right? Like, that's enough. And offenses that can stay on time with that will will kill them. Yeah, absolutely. And listen, I will. T- the pass rush is still not good. I get they pressured Zach Wilson a lot. They only brought the quarterback down three times in the entire game between Wilson and Rodgers. And I get Wilson is a little bit more mobile. And and Wilson got pressured. Got pressured a fair amount. I think there were nine QB hurries on Wilson. Um, eight QB hits, and they sacked him. They sacked Wilson twice, I want to say, right? Yeah. So not a bad overall statistical line, but they were only to bring, only able to bring pressure on Wilson on about 22% of his snaps. I mean, listen, they made the most when they could get there, but they weren't getting there consistently. And that has been part of the problem with this pass rush. Pass rush. Floyd looked great. Floyd is as advertised. That looks like a guy who's had ten, at least 10 sacks in each of his last three seasons. Yep. Rousseau looked a little bit better. Where was everybody else? Where was that Oliver who just where, got this huge contract? I was just going to say, where yeah. was that Oliver who was like, I want to prove I earned this money, right? Yeah, but he had no massive split. Yeah, I think he had one good run fit. Yeah. I remember seeing. Yeah, so I, I like overall McDermott's scheming, but this is a this is a defense that we should expect to regress. It's yep. not going to be good against the run. Until Miller gets back, the pass rush is not great, or at least is not to the level that it needs to be. And listen, I... I think Trey White l- looks like the best player on that defensive unit right now. Well, but he was even rated pretty poorly. His tackling yeah. was abysmal. Yeah. Uh, and his coverage was not great. A better quarterback could have 
roasted him a few times. Yeah, without a doubt. And listen, I, I love Poyer and Hyde. Part of it was probably dust for Hyde, but Poyer was out of position on a lot of run. Poyer fits. looked his open looked his open field tackling was a huge problem in that game. Yep. Huge problem in that game. Yep. And they're going to be playing a better offense and more capable quarterback this week. Yep. Also with a supercharged run game. It's listen, man. It, I think we're nine and a half point favorites in this game. I saw on Caesars. That number to me is insane. Right. Yeah. So um, take the points if you're out there listening. I, I just I, I, listen. I get what the history of Josh Allen and the Bills team is about not stacking up consecutive losses. Josh following. By the way, it's sad that we actually have statistically meaningful data on Josh's multi turnover games versus how he plays the next time. No, I would I like that to not be a statistically uh, meaningful it's, measure, but yeah, it is. I know because it's happened so frequently over the last twenty five games. But um, I, I get what all what all that stuff is. But this this Raiders team is gonna is gonna pose, I think, uh, some unique challenges to it as a Bills defense that is simultaneously rebuilding and aging all at the same time. Yeah, and, and I mean, do you want to get into the the Raiders now? I think that we do. Kind of yeah. the Jets, and we can kind of give a quick preview of the Raiders and what we believe will happen. Um, we've talked about you know the Bills offense and what it has to do. Basically, just Josh has to not turn the ball over four times and do what take what the defense will give them um i believe the raiders defense it's really like max crosby and some guys yeah the it's safeties not, are not solid guy. yeah the safeties are solid they have marcus peters um who is i would say a, a solid starter but not spectacular nate hobbs is a pretty good nickel quarter um and really that's about it like it's not uh not great in the linebacking core, not too great in the defensive line other than Max Crosby. Um, they did draft Tyree Wilson in the top 10 out of Texas Tech, so that's somebody to keep an eye on. But he has looked like maybe it's a bit of a growing growing pains as, as a rook, and that's okay. Um, any thoughts about this defense and kind of ways that the Buffalo Bills offense should attack them? Um, well... I think James Cook should have over 19 and a half touches. <laughs> I, think Dal- I think Dalton Kincaid should have a red yep. zone touchdown. But I think more importantly, you want to see you want to see Josh consistently make good decisions and take care of himself and take care of the ball. Josh played like a man out of his mind the first eight weeks of last season. But we also tend to forget that even in that dominant Get, uh, week one performance against LA last year, he threw two picks yep. and then he followed that up with a two turnover performance in week two as well. Now he was able to, he was able to deodorize some of those decisions with some just incredible playmaking and overall um, elite accuracy. But when that went away after the injury last season, yep. he was just left with poor decision-making and no deodorant to put over right. it. So I am I am not expecting a turnover-free game from Josh Um, because, honestly, I don't know what that looks like. The illustrious Nick Wright, who you and I both have harsh (laughs) opinions for, he came up with a statistically, uh, for the first time maybe in his career, an accurate statistical measure of an opinion that he was trying to forge. And that was that over Josh's last 19 games, he has 37 total turnovers between fumbles lost and interceptions. That's okay. an average of two turnovers per game over his last 19 games. Yikes. <laughs> and that, but that is accurate to what we have experienced over the last 19 yeah. games. Yep. So what I would, what we all would love to see is Josh have a turnover free game. But I think it's fair to say that dude's got a little Brett Favre in him. Dude has a little Cam Newton in him. Right. And I don't know that we're ever going to see like true turnover free minimize risk football from Josh. I just don't know that's baked in. So I'm kind of going against the grain on what people are saying Josh needs to do. Yes, I think Josh needs to make better decisions, but I think Josh also needs to properly diagnose where the weaknesses on a defense are. And I think he needs to take the opportunities that Dorsey is scheming for him. Yeah, Dorsey, again, on popular opinion, was not the problem last year. Guys were open. Josh was just not hitting them. Yeah. And part of it was the injury. He didn't have any kind of faith in his short air, short air, uh, short yardage, um, accuracy, 
But part of it too is like, this is just kind of how Josh is built. So yep. I'm going to say a winning formula for Josh is turning the ball over under two times, but then also doing the things that we know he needs to do, which is distribute the ball to seven or more pass catchers. We need to see Dorsey continue to get James Cook involved in this offense as well. And we need to see some improvement from the offensive line. Basically, all of the things that we've been asking for yeah. <laughs> for the past like season and a half. Like it, it's boring to say the same thing over and over, but those really are the keys to success. I don't think we should ever expect mistake-free Josh football moving forward because yep. I just don't think the data supports that he can play that way. Well, and I think, yeah, I, I agree completely. And it, it's disheartening to me because I think that we saw such a massive growth um, on Josh Allen's part from the uh, first year, his rookie year, to his kind of third year. We saw a quarterback who all of a sudden was hitting open receivers, who was manipulating safeties with his eyes, was pump faking guys open and kind of, you know, making these amazing hole shots um, over linebackers, under safeties, behind corners, in front of safeties. Like he's got a pretty amazing arm and talent and, and accuracy. Um, and I think everyone just sort of assumed that the next logical step was that he would make the right decisions because he started making really good decisions. I mean, the 2020 COVID season, um, he was, you know, he looked like a man on fire that whole time. And then he sort of hit this, this area where now we have a, um, you know, we have this roller coaster ride we're on with Josh Allen as a quarterback where, you know, injury, injury games aside, I think he was playing with the UCL sprain, which is like, it's hard to hold that against a quarterback for seven or eight games of playing without, you know, use fully use of your arm. And so. But at the same time, that should have made him a better quarterback by not being able to gunsling into poor choices and having to take small, you know, um, profit throws. The fact that he's not not doing that even after playing hurt for so long is it's signs to, to me as well. And, like, and I think you're kind of putting this down too. this might just be who he is. And is that a quarterback? And this is not me suggesting that Josh Allen be traded or, or they try to upgrade or find someone else. I still think he's an elite talent, of course. But it might make a ceiling for what he's capable of doing for this team, for his career, right? Like there might be a clear ceiling, just like there was for Brett Favre. Brett Favre ended up getting, a, you know, the two Super Bowls. He got one. He won one. one. Yeah. He won one. He went to two, won one. Um, so he, you know, I think that there's that capacity, but that might be who, who Josh Allen is. He might be a gunslinger who turns the ball over, makes bonehead plays, can't control his own urges. And that's who we get. Right. Like, but that also does amazing things that only one person in the world could do him. And we love that. We love those moments. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, the comp may not be Patrick Mahomes. But what right. if it's what if it's Matthew Stafford, right? Can we as Bill's Mafia be ha Matt Stafford, ye of the arm punt, right? Yeah. <laughs> where, yeah. where, you know what? I'm just going to sling it downfield and it's, if it gets picked, whatever, because you're going to be starting on the two where you pick it yeah. off, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so if we were to say that maybe we stopped the Alan Mahomes comparisons, but we really kind of put Josh into that bucket of the Matt Staffords of the world and the Cam yeah. Newtons of the world, like that. That is still, to me, enough for the Bills, if they build it out right, to have a winning formula to win a Super Bowl. But I think, not that I'm giving up on anything after week one, and not that I'm giving up on Josh, I am taking all of what we have seen from the past season and a half, two seasons. And again, even going back to that hot streak he started off on last year, like the, through the first eight weeks, he had six picks. And he had, I think, eight total turnovers, like averaging one per game at that point. Like, if this is who Josh is going to be, we can still win, but we need to be cognizant of that. So the message needs to be, yes, listen, Josh needs to get smarter. He needs to be held accountable for his decision making. But maybe the system needs to change a little bit, too. And maybe we should stop asking Josh to do things that maybe he's not capable of. You know what I mean? So it's. It, there are no easy answers. Again, I think there was some some great silver lining from that week one game that I would like to see play out here against the Raiders. So the thing I'd like to see James Cook continue to get involved, get involved in the offense. Diggs got his touches. He got his yep. targets. I am 
appalled by how overblown all of this coverage about his alleged discontent are by the national media. They, they just, they're just looking for a story at this point. I feel like, um, I want to see Gabe Davis get going as well. Like this is a, this is a unit that's really going to struggle to cover guys. And I think you mentioned Nate Hobbs as the, the nickel corner for this team. He is good, but this is mis mismatch territory for a guy like Dalton Kincaid, right? There are matchups that work on the bills favor here. The question is going to be, are they able to exploit them? Chandler Jones, because of all the, the well-worn public drama between him and McDaniels that's going on right now is not going to be playing in this particular game. Um, on the offensive side of the ball, the Raiders are also going to be missing Jacoby Myers as well. So this is a, this is a unit that's got Devontae Adams and like is Hunter Renfro who hasn't really been as Hunter Renfro hasn't yeah, really been able to put it together. You know what I mean? He's luckily to be playing, but yeah. 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 So, so this is an opportunity for the bills in the way that they need to build things out in a way that is sustainable for Josh's play style, but also a path for them to win everything that they need in order to put that formula together exists in the weaknesses of this Raiders defense. Yep. So again, and this might be too much nuance. I don't know. I'm not expecting mistake free Josh ball, but what I want to see is Dorsey and Josh exploit the weaknesses of this Raiders defense with strength, with the strengths that this offense brings. And if that means Josh has like a three touchdown and one pick game and he has a fumble that he doesn't lose, I'll accept that stat line. So to me, it's not going to be Justin Josh's stat line. It's going to be, is he properly diagnosing where he can attack the weaknesses of this defense? Because everything is lined up for this offense to have a bounce back game. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think so too. And I think that it's, I think, any Bills Mafia that right now that's like ringing the alarm bells about Josh Allen or Ken Dorsey or Sean McDermott, like the, the stuff that I see, you see out there in like the Twitter sphere, or X sphere, or whatever, is just ridiculous. It's people be like, oh, Ken Dorsey was trash and has always been trash and he can't call him Josh Allen now. Josh Allen's been throwing interceptions for his entire career. It's not like anybody is a magic Josh whisperer and stopped him from doing bonehead things. But, I will say, I will say this Dayball did, right? And it, though? yeah, you know, but so here's the thing, right? Here's the thing and feel free to depart Dayball, And I know Dorsey likes to call plays from the booth and stuff like this Dayball, I think the legend of Brian Dayball is a, like a bit overblown in, in Bill's mafia's head. Like I remember the, the Brian Dayball that lost to urban Meyer, <laughs> you know, and things like, like that. Like, exactly. Dayball was great, but it took Dayball three years to figure it out with Josh as well. So I think we need to give Dorsey that similar amount of space because Dable wasn't good in his first year. The second year that he was in charge of that offense, you saw improvement, but you didn't see any great growth. And then finally, by year three, they had kicked it into high gear with some ups and downs. But I think what Dable does better than, than, I, than I've seen Dorsey do, like Dable was up in the booth calling plays as well, but Dable was also very, very well known for holding Josh accountable. And I'm not saying yeah. Dorsey doesn't, but Dorsey had the ability to go be the Josh whisperer when Dayball was up in the booth as the QB coach. He'd be the one next to him on the bench. He'd be the one calming him down. He'd be the one that was like kind of the, the relationship between Dayball and Allen was famously good, but in game, he was the conduit between those two, right? And he was able to put things in perspective for Josh. I don't know that Joe Brady is doing that effectively, I would actually like to see Dorsey come out from the booth and I'd like to see him on the sideline because I think play to play, there needs to be some immediate accountability. And Dorsey was able to do that at Dayball's direction. And I'd like to see Dorsey do that on his own. Well, and I think that there's also the component of now that Sean McDermott is calling the defensive plays, the times that, you know, he, the times that Sean McDermott would have otherwise to like have a word with, with Josh as a head coach without defensive play calling are gone. Like he, he has no longer has even the small amount of capacity, a head coach who's not calling play by play um, would have to like have a quick chat with his quarterback. That's not there anymore. So I agree with you. I think that it could be a good time for Dorsey to come down on the sideline, but I, I do depart on this myth that Brian Dable was able to coach out Josh Allen's worst, you know, in, worst urges as a quarterback um i think that you know 
you can be like, oh, wow, he really, you know, Josh really turned it around in the second half. Doesn't, that's still a game where he threw three interceptions. It's like, it's not as if, you know, he had this low turnover rate with Dable where like he, I'm, I'm not, it was never different, right? Like it's always been consistently high in turnovers and fumbles and interceptions over the course of a whole season, no matter who his play caller has been. But it, it, there's this like a random rare thing where people believe as if Josh was throwing 50 touchdowns to three interceptions when Dable was the, was the offensive play caller. And now he's like, he's broken. Like he's been broken. And it's so, it's ridiculous. I don't, I don't buy into it. Um, I agree with you. I think this could be a get right game. I think that the, the Raiders defense was like 26th or 27th last year. They're not a great unit across the board. There's vulnerabilities. I think that if they can help Spencer Brown handle or at least slow down Max Crosby, there was one um, series of plays in the in the Broncos game that the Raiders had where Max Crosby was this, with the, the sole reason that the Broncos had to punt. Like, it was him alone. Like, nobody else did anything on that series. Three straight plays, he shut them down. Sack, you know, pressure that caused an incompletion, and then tackle for loss. Like, it was just... He's he's a dude that can wreck a game. It yeah. it reeks to me of the uh, the season opening game we played against the Steelers a couple years back. Oh yeah, Cam it, Hayward, it, Cam Cam Hayward, right? One man wrecking crew Took against that Bills unit. Yeah, and Crosby has that ability. So yeah, it's it, and he is going to line up. I if listen, if he doesn't line up ninety percent of the time against Spencer Brown, I think that's malpractice on the the Raiders coaching staff part. Yeah, for sure. Like just line him up on Spencer Brown all game and let him go to work. Yeah. And then the things I'd like to see kind of flip over to the other side of the ball, the things I'd like to see from the Bills defense against this offense is try to slow down Josh Jacobs. Jimmy Garoppolo is the king of like the short check down West Coast style quarterback play. Um, he was pretty good at throwing deep against the uh, Broncos. I think he threw four times and completed two or three of them. Um, it was not that he was like, you know, acing it down the sideline for 40 yards. It was really mostly a short distributive kind of play, and that's what he's always been good at. Um, but he will also throw interceptions, and so um, he's pretty interception prone. Um, he actually, I think, has the same interception per game rate as Josh Allen over his career or close. So um, there's opportunities there. And I think that, like you said before, um, the uh, the Raiders have Devontae Adams. They have Josh Jacobs. And that's about it. Like, it's not a incredibly talented team. Their right guard and right tackle, Greg Rand Van Roten, who Bill's fans will know, was not good enough to make the team here. Um, gone. And uh, Jermaine Elamionor uh, is their right tackle, who's kind of bounced around a little bit. That's the... That's the vulnerability for them as well. That actually, if you looked at their offensive line, it feels a lot like the Bills' offensive line. They have an ex, a good, a solid, above average, you know, left tackle, solid left guard, decent center, and then it kind of declines from there as you go across the line. So um, there'll be opportunities, and I think that they'll, you know, I'd also like to see some more out of um, Terrell Bernard in this game because I think he made he made some mistakes in communication. It seemed. Um, and he kind of, he had a better game than I expected against the Jets, but he, uh, also made some pretty big errors. And, and so I'd like to see him do a little better. Yeah, I agree. And, but this is, this is what happens when you have young players taking their lumps. Yep. There's a, a wide range of volatility with their, their play level. So I agree. Bernard looked pretty bad on certain, on certain plays, but really also had some very, very nice reps as well. So yep. And again, not not bad considering the situation he was coming out of with yeah. basically not playing at all in the preseason and being thrust into this role. It's clear that that defense really does trust this kid. So, and and to me, with all the veterans they have on there, age or not, um, that means something to me. Um, for, on on the defensive side of the ball, I think it's it's simple for me. It's stop Josh Jacobs, and then take advantage of what is a bad offensive line and has been for some time in New in um Las Vegas and actually sack the quarterback. I I got to see something from Rousseau. I've got to see something from Oliver. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's just it's time for these it more than time for these guys to step up. Oliver especially who should be 
lining up across from Greg Van Roden, who he literally knows from practice, should understand his tendencies, should know ways to beat him because he has that familiarity. It's the kind of thing where like Ed Oliver second contract very quickly could be a bust this season. Like it could prove to be a bust and a, and a overpayment this season. If he doesn't kind of put something on tape that prove cause he's supposedly healthy. He has talent around him. He's up next to De- Dequan Jones again. There's no reason that he shouldn't be like lighting this thing on fire. If all that he says about being ready to go is true. So, yep. Do you want yeah. to do some predictions? I sure do. All right. All right. I don't, I'm going to go with score first. I don't okay. think, I don't think this is going to be a 10 point win for the bills, but I, they should win. They should win this game by a touchdown. Um, I, I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 28, 21. Um, yeah. I, I think Jacob, I think Jacobs is going to have a game. I just listen. I, I am the stat guy. We can both acknowledge I'm the nerd with the Excel sheets. And I am telling you the stats with this Buffalo bills run defense are skewed because of the amount of poor rushing teams they've played over the past couple of seasons. This is not a team that's good against the run. It's just not good against the run. They, they're too light. Even with a guy like Jones anchoring the middle, they're light on the edge. And then Oliver is a lighter than normal three tech as well. I think we can acknowledge this is just not a team built to stop the run. I think Jacobs is going to have a really good day. And I think that's, it's going to keep them close. Cause I think, We'll be surprised with how how well Las Vegas is able to control the pace of the game. And I think it's going to, I think tomorrow might be a more frustrating viewing experience than we're mentally prepared for as Bill's Mafia. We right. we want our, our own 40, 40 to nothing game. I, I don't know that it's set up for that. I think it's set up for a Bill's win. And again, I'd like to see them win in the way that we talked about. But my concerns are more on the defensive side of the ball this game. Right. I think that's that's valid, um, and I'm going to go way more optimistic. Uh, I think that what's Josh happened? Allen. What's happened to you? What's happened know. to you? <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm I'm full of hope. We got the baby on the way, dude. Um, every, that's so awesome. Everything that is, is awesome. good. I know. Thank you. Um, but you yeah, everything's looking up. You have that like positive, like we're nesting, we're getting shit ready, right? Exactly. I, rem- oh, I remember yeah. those days. Everything yeah. was sunshine and puppies for me too in those days. <laughs> in those days. <laughs> That's right. Just make sure you're sleeping now. <laughs> Sleep now. I'm doing as much as I can. <laughs> awesome. But anyway, I think that the Bills think it's a party. I think it's a home opener. I think the crowd's going to be juiced up. I think the players all are really hungry to show better and to like come out and really make a statement. And I think that includes Josh Allen. I think he's going to be, you know, we always talk about this. When is he going to wake up from like these childish plays that ruin everything? Um, I don't think that, I think it's part of who he is, but I do think that he will take it more seriously and maybe, you know, rein it in for this game. So I think the Bills win 31-17. I do think they cover. Um, Look at and you. I, th- I think that it's a party and Kincaid gets his first TD, his first tutty as a, as a football player. That would be nice. And let's get James Cook going as well on this game. Yeah. Yes. All right. So listen, I'm going to, I have my, the rest of my game predictions. I am sticking with from last week. James, okay. James Cook neat over 19 and a half touches. He's got to have at nope. least 20 to me in this game. As you mentioned, he had 16 against the Jets. Um, Dalton Kincaid needs to have a red zone touchdown. Like this is the game where you want to see offensively everything for this Buffalo Bills, the way that yeah. they've rebuilt and retooled. This is the game where all of those check boxes that they had in the offseason should be on full display. I have a sneaky feeling that after this game is done, we're going to be talking more about the performance of the defense than we are in the offense getting right. Um, I, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go back to my Oliver takes that he has to prove something to me. And uh, I, I'd like to see Ed Oliver over, over a half sack for the game. God, that's fool's gold. I'm going under, right? I okay. mean, I just, I, I said last season that guy was going to lead the team in sacks from the interior. I remember, dude, it was I, like, I've had some doozies, but man, that one, I ended up with some egg on my face after that one. So, yeah. Um, so I, I'm just always going to take the under on Oliver until he proves like, until he just proves anything. Right. Yeah. Like, and I get. Like football guys, guys that watch the film, they say Oliver like does a bunch of stuff that doesn't show up in the stat sheet. 
we need him to do stuff that shows up in the stat sheet though. <laughs> like, like we need him to do these things. I know what you're talking about. And like, it's so funny because Ed Oliver gets all this credibility for playing. It's funny because so he's undersized, right? Yes. And so the people who watch the film, they're like, oh my gosh, he's able to anchor way better than someone of his size should be able to anchor. And you're like, okay, but does that mean he's blowing up play? Oh no, he got washed out of the plate completely. He just surprisingly anchored better than he should for his I weight. Know, and it's like, like, well, he didn't do anything good. And I don't care how impressed you are with him playing above his weight class when he still isn't making an impact. I know it's, it, he is a, he is a, sl he is a slightly below average size defensive lineman on a very tiny, tiny defense. Yeah. Like it's a small yeah. dude. It's a small defense small that's defense. Get, getting older every week. It's I, I think the off, I, that's just, what you want from your team. I know, you have right? a really small old defense. <laughs> that's true. It's they're, a tiny old men, <laughs> tiny old they're, men running around. They're out there. feeble and they're ancient. No, and listen, I love so many of the guys on the defensive side of the ball. Again, Poyer, Poyer, like one of the all timers for me, right? Love Hyde, love love mm -hmm. Trey, all that stuff, right? Milano will always be my Bobby Boucher, but um, but yeah, man, it's an undersized aging group, and I, again. Everyone's focusing this week with their Josh takes and the Dorsey takes and the offensive takes. I I saw some concerning things from that defense in that Jets game. And I think if they were playing playing anyone other than Zach Wilson, I think it would have been a different story. And they are now playing Zach Wilson this week. They're playing, right. granted, a journeyman, but a more polished veteran QB with a solid running game behind him. It, listen, I think... I think the Bills pull it out, but I think the topic of discussion is going to be the defense after this game. Okay. All right, cool. Reasonable. Thank you. Thank you for that. I, I agree. I think that's You're reasonable. Welcome. All right, cool. So it is also reasonable for you listening at home to like, share, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Google, Apple, Spotify. Drop us a review. And as always, go Bills. Go Bills.